welcome to the Talk with Tori podcast. I'm your host, Tori Jones, and I'm so glad that you're here. It's time to have some fun. On each episode, I will chat with a friend and we will share random life topics, tips and tricks, fun stories, and more serious stories filled with some real talk to make you laugh, maybe cry, make you think, but most of all, bring a smile to your face. We all have a story to share, so I hope you enjoyed this one. So grab your favorite Starbucks, a glass of wine, water, I don't care, you do you girl, because it's time to peel back the layers and add a little spice to it. All right, what's up, Shelby? Hi, Tori. So happy to be here. Welcome to Talk with Tori. Y'all, we were talking before this, and Mm -hmm. um, I was telling her, you know, that I wanted her to be on the podcast, but like, I don't really know her. Like, it's like a true, like, (laughs) power of social media story, you know what I mean? And so she talked about something one day, and I always thought she'd be good, but it was like, God's like, that's what she needs to talk about. You know what I mean? So, like, I messaged her, nothing professional, like, hey, girl, love what you're doing. Will you share this on the podcast? I'm so glad you're on the show, Shelby. What's up? You're a true work from home girl. So, this world hasn't been as different for you, huh? Oh my gosh, no. Everybody's like, it's so hard. And I'm like, I know. I've been doing it for two years. (laughs) It really is hard. If you're working from home for the first time, please. Like, yeah. It's hard not in the middle of a pandemic. It is extra hard when you like can't leave. Oh my gosh. I know. It's just, and you've had a lot going on. And, you know, we'll talk about it, you know, a little bit of girl talk today and all the things. So, yeah, I've just loved following you on social media. I appreciate, you know, your encouragement and your honesty. And I think, the world needs more of that. And especially young women just need, need to just tell it like it is. So y'all today, we're going to talk about some really fun stuff. But before we even talk about any of that, Shelby, if you'll just take a minute just to share who you are, where your life's looking like, maybe how you grew up and anything, any fun story that you just think the people need to know. Yes. So I'm a Nashville girl, born and raised. Right. So Everyone's I'm in a big city right now, but that is not my heart and my soul. So um, I love country music. It takes me back. Yeah. I'm old to four kids, so big family girl. Um, and life right now is currently looking like I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina with my husband. He's going through seminary school. And I am an entrepreneur, which is a fancy way of saying I've got a lot of passions and I like to do a lot of different things. <laughs> I'm just a fancy little term, Um, but I run my own skincare business like Tori, and I also own my own marketing company that provides resources for small business owners so they feel professional because you should feel professional, and so that's what keeps me busy. Um, I'm a crazy dog mom. i really crazy. I'm obsessed with my golden doodle. He's also the most high-maintenance dog on the planet, so... I don't have kids yet, but I'm like, I can wait after this dog. We have time. I do want to ask you this as a golden because, well, I'll actually be honest. I think people on the podcast, and I think we've shared this before, but I did not like dogs before I got my Louie. Like, (gasps) no, I never had an inside dog growing up. So Uh for me, I just had outside dogs. So I didn't get that thing. People think I have a problem how much I love my dog. Do you ever (laughs) yourself? Am I going to ever love a human as much as I love this dog? Because I'm serious. Tori, I'm I'm nervous. I'm like really nervous. Well, one, I'm always insecure. I'm like, people probably think I'm a crazy person. They think I'm a freak for how much I love this dog. But I also talk to my husband. I'm like, when we try and bring a baby in, this may be hard. This may be real hard. (laughs) I think the best thing will be that nighttime feedings Louie will think it's great because he'll be like oh they're up we're gonna go in the other room and like hang out he'll think it's great but also like 
my friend explained this about the love for a dog. She was like, uh-huh. this is the difference. She has kids and she loves her dog. I love my dog. She was yeah. like, your dog's always happy to see you. Your True. kid is not always happy to see you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh gosh, that's so true. I never thought about it. Like they're not picky at all. No. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, that's, that's about me. Fun story. Let me see. So do y'all know who Lily Bryan is? I'm hoping that you do. Oh, yeah, girl. <laughs> so Walker and I, my husband, we got engaged at his house. So in his barn, on his backyard, we got engaged. So where he like films all of his music videos, you just picture me and my husband there. We got engaged. How, how, did, you, how did you roll with Luke Bryan? He is a family friend. I shouldn't claim him as a family friend because he is my little brother's family friend. And they met, the kids met, and our families just, they're awesome. They're an incredible family who do so much for the community. So when Walker, sweet little Oklahoma boy, was like, where the heck do I propose to a Tennessee girl? They reached out and they're like, yeah, come on, you can do it here. So I was like, you got really lucky. You got real lucky, Walker. That is like so romantic. Like how cool. We I got engaged at my house. So it's not my like surprise. But, um, but yeah, no, it was perfect. But that's like super cool. I love that. Well, yeah, I love Luke Bryan. Who doesn't? I mean, even if you don't like country music, you like Luke Bryan so yeah well um Shelby I'm so glad that you're here on the show today so today Mm -hmm. y'all we're going to be talking about expectations and so honestly I don't even know the right term to do it like to me you think of like expectations versus reality versus things that you think of in your life that like you expected but may have not been that way or like you imagined but may not been that way and once you get in it you're like huh life's a little bit different and so it's something yes. you definitely share a lot about, and mm-hmm. I feel like you're really good at explaining it. And so I think that that's something that definitely everybody, no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter how old you are, no matter what you do, you're going to deal with some issue and disappointment when you have this picture in your mind and it doesn't mm-hmm. always happen mm-hmm. and you have that false hope. So, you know, whether that be in relationships, your friendships, your marriage, your social media, your business. And so we're just going to talk about some common misconceptions thing, kind of go back and forth and go over ways that we've dealt with that and that common misconceptions that people have. So you ready? Let's just do it. Let's jump in. I love it. Well, first off, what makes you so passionate about sharing this with people? Yes. Oh, Tori, I feel like I have such a heart for women yeah. who don't feel confident in voicing what they expect out of life okay. or out of marriage or friendship. And I feel like women are so, we're so strong. We're so strong willed that often we then are disappointed because we didn't express a need and we just, we push that down and we harbor it. And then it creates resentment and it steals our joy when really I just, I'm so like fired up because I'm like the, the solution can be so simple. It, it can be as easy as explaining in situations what you want. And what I've learned is that so often that's received so well. So often my husband is like, praise the Lord. You're telling me what you want because now I'm like super happy to do that. So it gets me fired up in a lot of areas because I feel like a small switch can just save us from a lot of unnecessary heartbreak. Yeah. And we also act like everyone on the earth is a mind reader and (laughs) and so we just have to be direct. And I think a lot of times 
we're disappointed because we didn't clarify it in the beginning. So I agree with you with that. Well, what about marriage? What do you feel like is a common misconception in marriage? Oh my gosh. You've been married for how long? I've only been married for two years. So you probably had a lot more seasoned people on here. Um, um, I think the biggest thing in marriage, I found myself so disappointed all the time early in marriage. And I couldn't put my finger on it because my husband is so loving, so kind, so thoughtful. And I was like, what's wrong? And I finally woke up one day and I was like, Shelby, you were straight up expecting him to read your mind. And then you're mad when he doesn't. And that's crazy when you think about it. Oh, it's so, and it's so easy. And we do it all the time. We do it for what we want for our birthdays. And then we cry on our birthdays because we didn't get the surprise party we wanted. We do it for gifts. We do it. We do it day to day. We do it where I find myself, I'm so mad that the laundry is piling up, but I've never asked my sweet husband, who's very willing to help to help with the laundry. And I think, especially, you know, I was raised in the South where women just inherently take on so many of those roles. And I believe in the power of homemaking. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. I love that passion, but it doesn't mean that we have to do it all, all the time whatsoever. And so it's just been so important for me in marriage, you know, the second year when I kind of got my sense about me, to start asking, asking for help, explaining what I wanted, telling my husband, I don't want flowers on Valentine's Day. I just want you to spend time with me. Like I want this. And then I'm really realizing in marriage that the partner, like if you're in a loving relationship, most of the time they're, they're so happy because you're really giving them a gift. Like he's going to sit over there. If you're, Hey babe, go to the grocery store, give me the ice cream I like. Well, he's like freaking terrified because he didn't know what you like, but he feels like the pressure <laughs> to know. And you're actually giving him a gift of so much peace and loving you really well by, by telling him what you want. So like, it's a, it's a win-win. And I feel like Tori early in marriage, I didn't do that because I thought things would be more special if he just like remembered. And so I was like, Hello, I'll just drop all these like hints and have you remember. And you don't remember. No, not at all. Yeah. It's not their fault. It's not because they don't love us. Like they're wired so differently than us, and that's okay. So I realized that everybody wins. Like when you express what you want, you're giving them the gift of being able to love you well. You get what you want, and then they're happy because like I truly believe men like deeply, deeply, deeply just want to satisfy us and love us. And you're, you're giving them that gift. You're helping them. It doesn't take away from the result. Yeah. And so I totally agree with that. Like for me, my husband is definitely more of a homemaker than me. He's so good at cleaning. I know it's great. (laughs) He's so good at cleaning, so good at cooking and all of these things. And like, I would feel so much guilt about that because I was like, I feel like I should be like the one doing all the vacuuming and doing all this, but like he is good at that. He's more efficient at it than me and all of that. And so one day I remember talking to him and I was like, Hey, like I have guilt about this and I don't really know like where to navigate this. And he was like, Tori, I'm not expecting you to clean our whole house. I like that. But like the effort is all I need and the trying. And so it's like my friend, like I told one of my friends about this. I was like, I feel weird because like, I'm not really homemaker. Like that's not really what I 
he knew that when he married me. That's not really what happened <laughs> in relationship. But my friend was like, that's not why he married you. And I think sometimes we always have to remember that. Like yes. they need that just as much as us. And so, okay, tell us a few examples of how you have dealt with this in your marriage. Like what are some things you told your husband that you wanted or needed or reminded him of? Oh my gosh. I love that. Okay. Well, we just, I don't know when your listeners will be listening to this, but we just came up on Valentine's day. So I feel like that's like the epitome. Oh Um, yes. Like, Oh, there's so much pressure. Our poor men. And so I was like, Hey, let's talk about it. Like it was a week. Why am I sitting here expecting a date night? And then it's oh, Tori. Okay. This is really vulnerable, but I feel like your listeners may know this I love it. You know that feeling where you're like, yeah, I want a date night and I'm just waiting for him yes. to give me a date night or not give me a date night. And then I know I'm going to be pissed when I don't get it. Mm-hmm. And I realized it's like, oh my gosh, that is so not loving. That's so not setting our partner up for success at all. And like in marriage and in your relationship, you want your other partner to win. Like you want them so all the things. So week before I was like, Hey, let's talk about Valentine's day. It, I, I know this doesn't sound sexy. It doesn't sound romantic to like talk about it before, but like, let's talk about it. And then Valentine's day came around. I knew exactly what I was getting. I knew ex- he knew exactly the chocolate. He didn't give me some stupid box of chocolates that I don't like, like the good, he got me the good stuff. And there, there were no, there was no like sadness or disappointment or anger. And so that's, that's a holiday one on, on just like a weekly basis. We were like a, basically like a year into our marriage. And I realized that I was mad that I wasn't getting fresh flowers. I was watching other girls on Instagram and like their husbands were bringing home fresh flowers. And I was like, well, why isn't Walker doing that to me? So, you know, I'm just like drop hints of there and like, he's not getting it because <laughs> again, he cannot read my mind. And then finally I was just like, Hey babe, it would mean a lot if you brought home flowers. And now he does it all the time. So like, there's that win-win of, you know, you don't have to tell them forever, but like mustering up that courage to say, this is what I want. This is how you could love me really well. Um, It's not selfish. It's not rude. Like it's extremely loving because then he got to love me and I get flowers and it's not cheapened because I asked for them. All I really wanted was flowers. So I, I really love that about how that is communicating what you want. And what would make you happy and feel loved is actually loving them. And I, I totally agree with that. I actually was talking to one of my friends that's engaged now. Yeah. She was talking about how they, her and her, I guess, fiance now, they were dating yeah. at the time. She was super disappointed at her birthday. Like mm-hmm. she made his birthday like super special, all this. That's a girl thing. Mm-hmm. And he just like gave her this beautiful gift and was like, happy birthday. Let's go on a date night. But what she really wanted was 20 mm-hmm. friends to go to a restaurant and have a party. But like, so finally one day she talked to him about that. He's like, all you have to do is tell me. Like <laughs> all you had to do. I had no idea. I thought in my head, you would think a fancy dinner with just me was better, but like you would have rather a cheap Mexican with a bunch of people. So it's like, you're right. Like, I love that. Well, I think that's so true in marriage. And like, I think that's what builds a strong marriage being so open to communication that there's no guessing. And now every girl likes surprises. Like Josh surprised me for my 30th birthday with this beautiful um, stacked ring that has my birthstone and stuff. But he knew I wanted something to stack. 
Yeah. He's put a little twist on it, but like that wasn't a surprise. I've made that very clear for years. <laughs> I won't make another band, you know? You and he just takes the time. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about expectations and friendship. I think yeah. that this is something that people really struggle with. So what would you say is an expectation versus a reality in friendship that maybe personally you've seen? Oh my gosh. Um, that you're supposed to hit like 30 and have this perfect 10 party person friend group that you all get together and drink wine every week. And it's just perfect. And everybody loves each other that I feel like is the expectation. It's what's in movies. It's what you may see like on Instagram from some different girls. And what I'm learning is that that is the small minority. And if you have that, like, I'm so, I'm jealous. I want that, <laughs> but it's just not the reality for, for so many people. And Tori, I don't know who needs to hear this today, but like friend, friendships have been hard for me and, and, and for a long time, especially as an adult. I feel like sometimes I'm like, we're like dating each other. Like you're like going on like friend dates and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. Um, what I've learned is like one, two, like if you're lucky, women who, who know you and love you and care deeply about how you're doing and will talk honestly with you are worth more than 20 acquaintances. Like I, I tell people, I'm, like, I'm not really interested in being a social butterfly. I'm a social person. I love meeting people. But we get to a point where we put like just the idea of having friends over like the actual relationships and we get so thin and so worn out. And then we just have mediocre friendships everywhere instead of like one or two really good ones. So yeah, I feel like that's the expectation is like, Oh, a popular, successful, like cool girl has tons of friendships. And I'm like, no, like a smart girl with good boundaries probably has a few. And she's yeah, good. And I, I think that's so, I think that that's so true. And I think, I, not I think, I know social media has made that really hard. Absolutely. Um, because it can look like people are having the time of their life, but are they really? Or like, you mm-hmm. know, making us not really know what people are going through. And we mm-hmm. talk a lot about adult friendships and, two podcast episodes um, that are in February, if y'all want to check those out. And we talk about just the right way to make friends and like couples friendships and just the value of friendships, but also like how hard that is. And so, you know, you just moved to a new place. You can share that, you know, wherever you feel comfortable with people. Um, But I talk a lot about like moving to a new place is really hard. And I think you think you're going to move. And in one day, (laughs) <laughs> your girl gang and it's going to be fabulous but it's dating like you go out with and friend date her then friend date her then friend date her oh and then in a year you actually feel comfortable with these people and you yes. see what's going on. I always say give it a solid year so what would you say because you're in the thick of it right now you moved during a pandemic you're in the thick of it so tell us some misconceptions that maybe you've had or that you've seen about moving to a new place and gaining this like tribe around you oh my gosh yes and Tori, hear, like, hear me say community is so important and making those friends is so important. Having people that you share life with and hold you accountable, it's so valuable. But I feel like sometimes we get so stressed. We're like, we have to have it now. Yeah. That we will like settle for friendships that 
are subpar. And I don't mean the person subpar. I just mean we may not connect on the level that I know I can connect with somebody. I always say like a really good friendship is the best thing ever. And it will also ruin you for other people because you know, like, you know, the standard. And so moving to a new place. Yeah. It just, you know, especially during a pandemic, the question everybody asks me is like, how's it going? You making friends, you're doing this. And I'm like, I really don't want to tell them that we've lived here for four months and I haven't even put gas in my car because I literally don't go anywhere. So it's just, um, I feel like it takes time. I was told the same thing. I was told, give it a year. And like, you may have a couple of friends, give it two years and like, you'll feel solid. And so I feel like when women have that proper expectation, when they're like, you know, dang that, it kind of stinks that it's going to take that long. But I also hope that feels encouraging because it means you're not behind. It means you're not doing anything wrong. I love that. Like giving yourself just that grace. So one thing I think you're very passionate about is business, you know, yeah, business and you're, no, you're an entrepreneur and working hard. And so what would you say are maybe some common, I'm sure you have a lot of misconceptions about being a business owner and in the working world and all of that. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, Tori, we could do five podcasts on this. <laughs> <laughs> so important. Um, gosh, business and expectations. I think my biggest misconception about business was how long it was going to take. Yes. Um, I am coming up on 26 soon. And I just thought, you know, I'll give, I'll I'll work really hard for a year and I'll just be set for life. Like that was my mentality. And that's not the case unless you want to literally sell your, sell your soul to what you're doing, which I do not suggest. And so working out of that mentality, I, I just, I don't know if I took the expectation from the world or I put the expectation on myself, but I just expected myself to move really, really fast. And in doing so, Tori, I really, I became like, I would say like, hi, I'm Shelby Rose. I'm a recovering workaholic because of that expectation. I always was believing the lie that I wasn't where I needed to be yet. And so I sacrificed time with my family. I sacrificed time with friends living under that pressure to, to keep going. And it was, it was a year or two in where I just, I hit a, I hit a roadblock. I was like, this, this can't keep happening like this. It's not worth it. And, and Tori, you know, I'm a six figure entrepreneur by age 26. And I'll tell you, the money does not make you happy. You know, I, when I was making the most money in my business, it's probably the times that I was the most unhappy. Um, and I believe it was because of those false expectations I put on myself. So now when I talk to business owners, I just want them to know so desperately that everyone's on their own path. And, you know, the Lord may have some really quick success for you and that's awesome. But typically I see the Lord work the long game too. And I want people to stop like, idolizing the success, the making it part and actually fall in love with, with the day-to-day serving people. Like if you can fall in love with doing your job and serving the person in front of you, like the success is going to come, I promise you, because you're focusing on other people, but the, the, the end goal won't keep moving and moving and moving. That's the hard thing about success and expectations. You set an expectation on yourself. I want to be here by then. And then you get there and it's immediately what's the next thing. And you lose that joy of what you've accomplished. Um, oh my gosh, we could talk all about this forever. I, know, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't agree more with you. And 
I mean, mic drop, I think you hit it all nail on the head. It is the long game. And so often we see people on social media or just in conversation, we're like, they um, did a business in three minutes. And so I'm going to do a business <laughs> in two minutes and this and this and this. And that's just not reality. What about age? You Tell us when yeah. you're an entrepreneur, what, is, yeah. what do you think and you hear a lot about age? Like I'm too young or I'm too late or all of those types of things. Oh, so I, I felt ridiculous. So I started my first business. I was, I don't even think I could drink yet. I was like 20 years old. Yeah. I was a baby. And then I felt way too young and I felt like no one was going to take me seriously. I was constantly trying to prove myself, prove myself. Um, and I was so tired because of it. I wish I could go back to that sweet Shelby and be like, Shelby, you have value to share with the world. It's okay. Calm down. Um, all the way to now, you know, later in my twenties, now I'm thinking Tori, like, Oh my gosh, I'm getting old. Like I've got to, I've got to hurry this up and speed this up. So like the expectations, they go totally both ways. And you know, I, I was reading a statistic the other day that said like 75% of the world's like millionaire entrepreneurs didn't start until their forties. And I was like, Oh my gosh. It's truly never too late. It's never too late. That's what I'm passionate about women right now. Like go, you know, go voice your opinions, but also if you feel something stirring in you, go do it because it's never going to feel like the right time. You're never going to feel like the right age. You're either going to feel like you don't have enough experience or you have too much and then it's hard to be a beginner, but just, just move into it. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Like never being too late and like starting something when you have that tug at your heart, there is that reason. And if you want to work hard and you want to go for it and also kind of going into like our next topic, I think Mm. so often, you know, we think that we have to have, you know, go to school and have this career forever. But like you said, like most big time entrepreneurs, millionaires, I don't know what your exact quote was, is in your forties. And that's so crazy to think if they went to college, they graduated at what, 21, 22, they had 20 years of a career, probably numerous things, maybe the same thing. And then they hit it big. I think, you know, one the thing that was so crazy, my preacher, I go to a church called church of the Highlands. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's a big, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, our preacher gave a message one day And I'll never forget, and I don't know exactly what he said, but it was something like this. And it's one of the messages, like, I, like, dude, you got me. He goes, this younger generation, the issue is y'all are too fast and too immediate. He was like, all of y'all that want these houses and these things we had to work 20 to 30 years for. And you want that. He was like, get a corner in your house and that's your Instagram corner. Because what, like, you need to realize, like, it takes time for that. And these big houses that you see, that's what your parents worked all that time for. And y'all think you can get it as your first house. And that's what's so crazy. So about career, your career's yeah. done some shifts and done some pivots <laughs> and taken some turns. So start us from the beginning, what you thought your career would be, how you switched. And so many people are going to change careers and how that, I feel like that one job to the next thing, isn't maybe the reality anymore. Oh my gosh. No, it's not at all. I see women, especially, I mean, women at alarming rates are leaving the workforce, doing different things, starting their own businesses, 
which I mean, women are just the most amazing things on yeah. the planet. I, I read those stats and I'm like, dang, I'm inspired. Like women are freaking awesome. Well, you're very inspiring. You keep doing it, girl. Oh, thank you. So I actually started as a teacher. My background is in middle school science story. I have like a really fancy degree in biology and research that I have um, not used unless it's like, <laughs> let me explain to you how your skin works, which well, I... That's close enough. I have been so encouraged lately that the Lord does not waste anything in our lives. And, you know, on this side of heaven, we may not see it super clearly, but I really believe when we're like, what the heck is going on? Why did I get that degree? He, he always has a plan. And so I went through, I got that degree. I um, went into my student teaching and it was in student teaching that I started my side hustle because I couldn't pay rent. I was paying to go to school all day and I couldn't pay rent. So I was like, I got to figure out something. So another, you know, another expectation of business is like, oh yeah, start a business. It's so fun. Like time freedom, life freedom. And I was like, wait, no, I just signed myself up for the night shift. Like what just happened? Um, But it's so worth it long-term because I, I finished everything. I had an offer to be a teacher and my side gig was producing more than what they wanted to pay me as a teacher. And in that moment, I felt so much pressure to take the job because, you know, I just spent four years. My parents just paid for a four-year degree for me to go and pursue this career. But I felt so called to move in this completely different direction. And so what I want girls to know now is that you can, you can move new places. It doesn't, you know what, college, college is college. I don't even know if I'll send my kids to college. It's important, but I also believe that like, you really go to learn, you go to learn immature. And then what you do after that, like really makes the difference. So at that point, you know, I was only like 21 at the time I was about to get married. I was insane. I don't know why I thought it was a good idea to become a full-time entrepreneur, but I did. And I completely pivoted. Um, And it's the best thing I ever did. It was so much more aligned with me and what I wanted for the future. And, you know, a couple businesses later here, I am talking to you. Um, But I really believe as women, we're scared sometimes to take that job because it feels safer to live in the expectations. It feels safer to live in, you know, my family expected me to go to college and then become a nurse. So I'm here. And a lot of times we suppress those like, you know, different desires and, and dreams for the sake of, of not shaking that box. And, you know, if you hear anything, I just, if you have that inside of you, explore it, even if it has to be the night shift for a little while. Um, Yeah. yeah, Career. Oh my gosh. Just the idea that you do four years and then go into the real world. It's just, everything looks different right now. That having the same job for 40 years thing, I think for a lot of people, that is the way. And I think that's amazing. But I think that that's such this, misconception that you don't have to, you can change your job every year and keep yourself fresh. You can do the same job for 30 years, do something totally different for 10. I mean, I really love that. And I thank you for sharing how you changed and how you probably never thought you wouldn't be a teacher. And that's, what's so crazy about life. Mm -hmm. Yes. Tori, you made such a good point. I want every woman to know, you know, the feminist movement has done a lot of good things. I think what it has lacked is I want women to know that whether you feel inspired to like go be the CEO and go be the big thing, like that's amazing, but you should feel equally empowered to be a stay at home mom, stay in your nine to five. Like 
the whole point of inspiring women to, to do what they like desire and are excited about is making everything like that equal. So girl, yes, yeah. you're never too late. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like if you want to be a teacher forever, I love it. I applaud you. I was an education major in undergrad. I don't necessarily know I would have been the best teacher. I have to, <laughs> I have to tinkle numerous times a day. And I think I would have got nuts being like, Oh, I got to tell someone I have to go tinkle. Like I would have like freaked out, but there are so many people that are given that gift and it's so amazing. And so I just always like, I'm like, where that tech is, but I totally agree. You think you have to do this big elaborate thing. You don't, you don't just do what you need to do. Okay. So let's talk about a big one. Social. Okay. Ooh, let's go there. So yes. social media, there, there's a lot of false realities with social media, expectations oh, of how girl. you should do social media, that you need it for your business, that you need it for this, that you need it for this, that you don't need social media, that blah, blah, blah. And so um, what, let's just start, you're, you're passionate about social media. And mm-hmm. obviously you said like, you know, telling them more about, you know, you do marketing and all of this. So what are some misconceptions about social media? I know you got some. Gosh, yes. Oh, I always tell people I'm like, I am the social, I'm like the anti social media, social media girl in the sense of like, I run all my business on social media. I teach women how to do social media. And I'm also the first to call it out as what it is, which can be a huge comparison trap, a huge waste of time and a thief of our joy. Now, on the other hand, it's also a beautiful place to connect. It's a beautiful place to share. Tori, we wouldn't be sitting here today like yeah, without it. So yeah, it obviously has good things. I think the the false expectations that social media project into our world is we're literally carrying around in our hand this like perfect ideal girl all the time. You know, all these influencers, people down the street, we are seeing everybody's like put together curated feed. And what that does to us on a really subconscious level is like whisper this lie that we have to be keeping up. We have to be keeping up. And if you don't, you're going to get behind and her business will excel and yours won't, or her message will be heard and yours won't. So right now I am a huge advocate of showing up on social media, especially if you do, if you have a business, if you have a podcast, like it is inevitable, it is a reality that we have to show up and use that platform, show up and do it but take breaks as you need it. And you don't have to announce to the world that you're leaving because you don't owe that to social media. As great as social media is, as great as our followers are, our primary obligation is to ourselves, our families, our inner circles. And Instagram is done out of an overflow of health. You cannot do social media from a place of dryness. And so that's why I have like the little blue um, ad symbol, the little plus symbol movement. Did you know that if you haven't posted a story in 24 hours, you get this cool little icon on your profile. And I'm like, embrace that. Like, that's a good sign. We see that and we think, oh my gosh, I'm behind. I need to be posting and be doing this. And I'm like, no, that is a sign that you are present in your day with your family. And that's something to be celebrated. Yeah. I really love that. I think that that comparison game, I, I always, I'm like, what would it have been like to grow up in a world with no social media? Like what would it have been? And so I I think that's what's so interesting is 
how it is. Like there's so many awesome things, but we also just have to be cognizant that you don't have to share everything. You can take Mm -hmm. that break. And what you see is not usually what is going on. I mean, it's a highlight reel. And I think we have to remember that. And that's why I appreciate people like you that are going to be like, life isn't perfect today. I'm having a horrible day. Because when people share the good, the bad, the ugly, that's what keeps people interested. But also like, it makes people feel like, huh, I can like calm down for a second. And so I think that's so nice. Well, how have you learned how to combat some of these expectations? I mean, you shared it through that, but like, what are maybe some tips or things you've done? Yes, that's such a good, such a good question. I think like a deep underlying thing to all of these um, expectation things is our definition of success. Like that has really been important to me in marriage. You know, my idea of success was like this perfect robot husband who brought me flowers every week and could read my mind and knew what I wanted. And that's not the reality. Like in business, it was, you know, hitting the top of your company by this age and that success and friendship. It's having this beautiful, perfect group of friends that throw you surprise birthday parties. And what I've just had to learn is like, Hey, none of those things are success. And and success is so different for every single person. Success for me is, am I loving and taking care of my family? Like the people that God has entrusted in my house. Am I serving and loving the people that he has brought me in, in business and in that sphere? And beyond that, it's ultimately this release of expectation. Not that expectations are bad. I believe women should have high expectations and and believe a lot in themselves, but releasing the timing, it it comes down how I combat it in, in business and life and marriage is I know what I can control. I can control the, the words that I speak to my husband. I can control what I ask of him in business. I can control, you know, my, my activity and how hard I'm working in this and this and this in friendship. I can control, you know, I am asking people to go to coffee dates. I'm doing the dating thing, even if it's awkward, but I, it's so hard. I'm like, I call it it frighting. Frighting? Like friend dating? Yes. (laughs) I call it frighting. And then side note, I also call it flexing. I tell my friends that are single, if you're not flirt texting, I don't know what you're doing because he is not coming back. You better be flexing on Tinder like no other. Right? You're being hilarious. It's like that with friends too. Like I feel like I'm flirting with girls. I'm like, please like me, be my friend. You and emojis um, so bad at texting, and I don't like. I've had to get better about like adding emojis because I'm like, I'm not flexing, and they think I'm rude when I don't put a punctuation. You know. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, keep going. <laughs> I love that so much. It's so true. So flexing, you can control that, but you cannot control how people respond to you. You can't control, you know, the growth of your marriage on your own time timetable. And so I feel like the way to combat expectations is to, to release them and focus on what you can control, what you can do. And in that, I feel like there's so much joy. Like I, I found joy again in my business after, you know, years of chasing the big carrot at the end. And finally I was like, no, I just, I want to, I want to wake up and I want to feel like excited about what I'm doing. And that, that's success to me. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's so true. Just finding that joy and what you need to do in your life to have that. That's all that matters. You know, we had a guest on the podcast. Um, a few months ago, and she shared something. She's a business owner. She started her own boutique. 
And she shared something that was so pivotal to me. She goes, so at the end of the day, we have all these things going on. But what I want to lay my head on the pillow and think about is, do me and my husband love each other? And do my kids know Jesus? And Um, that just, it's so simple. It's like, you know, we have all these things distracting us, but there's just a few things. And for us, not kids, our dog is our dog happy. And so, you know, those are the things that are going on right now. And so I love that. Well, why do you, we, you know, you've shared a lot about just sharing those expectations. Why do you think direct communication and sharing how you feel and sharing what you want and being upfront about that? Why do you think that is so important? Oh my gosh. So good. You know, I'll tell you why I thought it was not important for so long okay. because growing up as a sweet Southern belle, I thought it was rude. I was like, if I tell people what I want or I tell my husband what I want, I'm being rude. And it was that switch for me of, you know, one, you don't have to say it in a rude tone. So typically it looks like, Hey babe, like, you know, do you think that we could go on a date on Thursday and in, in, in a respectful, kind manner, expressing what you want is so loving to the other person. So that was the switch that was pivotal to me. Um, but I, I feel like the reason it's so important is because without it, you are going to be disappointed. It really is the antidote to disappointment. If you don't speak it, if you don't say it to people, you are setting the other person up for failure. And I'm like, I don't want to be in a marriage where I'm constantly setting the other person up for failure or one day my kids like setting them up for failure. And so, yeah, I just believe that direct communication is this beautiful tool when done with grace to, to avoid disappointment that we don't have to go through. So how do you combat disappointment? that come your way. So like, say you're disappointed yeah. by something, what do you do for the next time? Or how do you deal with it when you're like, man, that really was oh, a stab at the heart. That's so good because no matter how well you speak things, no matter how well you say it, disappointment is going to come. Disappointment's going to come. Um, you know, I recently backslid in my business, Tori. I have been at a level for a really long time. And I went back and it was this moment of like, like sting like and in that moment I've learned you kind of have two options you can either like put your head down and just like grind it out and work hard to make sure it never happens again which I believe actually can end up really unhealthy or you can sit there and you can say okay why did this upset me so much like when I looked at it I was like why did this number next to my name this title affect me so deeply oh, it's because I've put a lot of my worth there. It's like, oh, I've been striving really hard for that. When I asked myself, I said, did losing that title affect how much my husband loves me? (laughs) Did it affect, you know, how much the Lord loves me? Like, did it really, what, what did it actually affect? And, and if it is not this big thing of like, oh, you know, that actually affected us not being able to put food on the table, then I'm like, okay, Lord, Will you, you know, I don't have it for myself. Can I borrow your grace right now? And applying grace to that situation, I always say like grace will get you way farther than hustling ever will. There's nothing wrong with hustling. We have to hustle, but, but grace in that moment is my, is my primary default. And what I, what I hope women's default is. I love it. Yeah. It's all about that grace. So you have a lot going on, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you share things on social media. So where, um, where can people kind of find you and check out what all you have to offer? Yeah, I hang out on Instagram 
I yeah. can't do Facebook. You too. So yes, you can find me on Instagram. It's Shelby L Rose. I'll put it in for you in the show notes. Um, come hang out. Talk to me anytime. I've got fun free trainings and stuff like that. I want Instagram to be a place where I, I can help and serve people. So I like it over there. Well, you definitely do that. You should be so proud of yourself because I know that takes a lot of effort and time and um, that's, I think it's awesome that you have messages that you want to share because whether we like it or not, social media is a platform where people will learn and they will grow and they see the Lord's love, you know, through the things that we post on there. And I think sometimes we forget that. So thanks for sharing all that. And thanks for just sharing so vulnerably about like different expectations. I think this is going to actually, I know this is going to help <laughs> so many people in their marriage and their friendships and their confidence and their business. And in so many aspects of the, of their life, when they start directly communicating and they're going to not lose so much, um, sadness and time over disappointment because there's ways to combat that. And I'm so glad that you have been open to share about things that you've done. Um, I really appreciate it. So let's have some fun. Yes. Um, I ask everyone this, I love a good recommendation. I'm, that's where I learn about everything. And so if you'll tell us three of your current favorites, must-haves, the things you're loving, literally absolutely anything that you feel like all the people need to know. Oh my gosh. I love this. I share things for a living. So this is fantastic. Yeah, let's, let's, let's hear it. What are the top ones? <laughs> okay. Right now, I'm obsessed with this mascara. It is so good. And I've tried a zillion mascaras. It's called Buxom Mascara, B-U-X-O-M. I've heard of it. Oh my gosh. It's it's worth the money. You're going to be like, I shouldn't pay this much for a mascara, (laughs) but you should. Investment. It's good to invest. Buy nice or buy twice. That's what I always say. Puts my cover girl to shame. Um, Mascara. Okay. I'm going to go spiritual and then not spiritual. So (laughs) you have got to watch this TV show. Walker and I, my husband and I have been watching this TV show called Ted Lasso. It is, it has no substance to it whatsoever. It is just hilarious. It is such a feel good show. It's about soccer and cute soccer players. You'll love it. It's on Apple TV. Go watch it. It's our guilty pleasure right now. I love TV. I love TV. I used to on other episodes. I would always ask people what they're binging. And then before you know, it'd be 30 minutes and I'm talking about TV. So I'm going to have to watch that. I had to take that out. I was like, look, we can't keep talking about TV because people don't even know what we're talking about. So um, okay, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, go watch that. And then my last thing, I have been loving my morning devotional lately. It's called New Morning Mercies by Paul David Tripp. And if you're anything like me, the Bible can feel really intimidating sometimes. And it can, you're like, I don't even know where to start. And so this devotional has been just so sweet. It's simple. There's one for every day. And I feel like it's a great place for somebody to start. If you're like, what the heck does like sitting down with the Lord even mean? What does quiet time even mean? It's so helpful. I love that. I love that. I've actually heard of that devotional. So I always am confirmed when people like share it on here. I'm like, okay, these are their top things. So it's like, I need to go Amazon it ASAP. Um, I hear my dog barking. So I think my Amazon orders are here. It's always a good feeling. Best day. Best feeling. Well, Shelby, I appreciate you. You should be so proud of all the work that you've done. Being a young entrepreneur, being successful, um, you know, 
and just sharing with your heart. I think that somebody, I would, I hope to encourage more people to be able to do that through this podcast and through hearing you and through learning from other people. So I appreciate you so much, Shelby. And hopefully we'll get to meet in person one day, but until then video style. Thank you Tor, for having me. I'm so honored. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Bye girl. If our episode today touched you, inspired you, or brought you some good laughs, we would be honored if you subscribed to the Talk with Tori podcast and left us a quick review. This will give others who are scrolling through the podcast apps the ability to find us. Please share this with all the people in your life so more friends can hear our stories. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope this episode brought you joy, love, and spice.